This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your Friday episode. Uh, you know, the drill as far as the you know, pregames with uh, Pete's schedule now. We'll try to get to, you know, we want to get them as close as we can to give you guys as much information as possible. We'll get that up to you before Saturday night. You know, it's not that big of a deal this week with a 430 kickoff. So we'll give you guys plenty of time Saturday night and most of Sunday to get into it. Uh, obviously, Pete Smith, Jeff Floyd, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, taking you through your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound today. Um, I knew it was coming, and I was pretty sure it was today. almost forgot. But I get a DM today, and reminding me that one person that will never put focus on himself as far as anything, Pete Smith, buddy, happy birthday. Uh, Thank you, I guess. Um, It's good to be Jeff Lloyd, minus 17 years old. Um, So, yeah, put another one on the – all right, another ring on the tree, I suppose. You ain't south of 30, so cut that shit out right now. You can just stop that nonsense right now. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, I knew it was – all right, so I'll never forget it now because it's the day before, obviously. So it's two days after my anniversary, and obviously the day before my older brothers. All right, Pete, all the best as you uh, just start to slowly waste away into nothing. That's where you're headed, just so you know. That's, that's where this ride is taking you, that is – just so you know. Uh, all right. So Jarvis Landry today. Um, and Pete, it, it, it's look, this is probably a lot of what, of what being two and four is doing right now. Um, not to mention, we have talked about this forever that if this franchise turns into a relevant franchise in the AFC year in year out, there's a lot of people who cover this team daily. These beaters who are going to be, basically shit out of luck because they're not going to know how to cover good football this hell they don't even know how to ask questions uh you have a guy ask a question and it was actually a good question i mean it's something you would ask a player out of the bye week and your local you know cdc.cleveland.com run with it and turn it in to much of nothing and it doesn't look new england the new england patriots do not need bulletin board material by any means whatsoever. Um, Jarvis makes a general comment over the second half, getting players back, so we think we're going to win. He's got to go back and clarify it. Pete, it's the same old BS that's been going on here since this franchise was 0-16. Right. Um, I, I, you know, it's one of those things, I, I don't know what you want a player to say. I mean, like, it, it's... You, you're asking a player to essentially go out and say, I'm, I'm confident both teams will have a good time. Like, I, I don't understand, you know, he, he, whether he guaranteed a victory. You're supposed to believe that you can go out and win every game. I mean, I, I don't – your, your options here are, you know, you think you're going to win, you're confident you're going to win, or, you know – Nope, we're going to get our ass kicked. I don't even know why we're getting on the plane. Like, it's 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 boring. Uh, it's uninteresting. I didn't even, you know, I didn't care uh, one way or the other. Uh, again, I, I don't. The idea here is is you know you had two weeks to prepare. You feel good about your game plan. You're obviously trying to, uh, you know, get 
on track. Uh, you have an opportunity to play a, a obviously a very good team in the Patriots, and these you know these are the games you're supposed to be excited for. This is you know when you when you you know you signed up for football for the first time, or when you you know you you, you get into the season, you know. It, it's you know I'm sure it's fine fine to win against teams that are helpless and all, but these are the games you want to go out and you know this is where why you got into the sport you you got into the sport to beat teams like this you got into the sport to win a championship which is presumably going to be against a great team so it's you know it's it's easy it's boring it's something you know obviously it drives traffic for for somebody or they wouldn't do it uh, but it's I'd like to think it's beneath people, but clearly it is not. It, look, and even even if he did say it, I mean, and meant it, I mean, what's the point? I mean, this is what you get paid to do. You get paid to win football games. Um, you're getting Denzel Ward back now. You're getting Greedy Williams back now. You have more of what you thought was a good recipe. And what did these, you know, these guys felt they were going to be good. They thought they were going to win a lot of games. They felt they could play with anybody in the league. There's really nothing wrong with saying it. And again, you know, the Patriots, oh, I mean, it means they're 7-0. and They've been good forever. They don't give a crap what anybody says. They've heard everything, everywhere, whatever. None of it, it's, it's, at that point, it's nonsense. And what do you want them to say? Well, we're going to get our asses kicked. But, man, I'm really looking forward to the New England clam shatter I can get at the hotel the night before the game. It's, it, look, I mean, I give him, look, I, you know, I, I give the guy a lot of credit for sticking with being confident. Because you know, you know, you're not hearing it from some aspects of it, and he put it, kind of put it out there, and good for him in that respect. And look, it's it is what it is. But of course, you know, they they can't talk about much else, so they got to find other things to talk about, and that's kind of where we end up where we're at. So, uh, Pete, now here, this is an interesting one. Freddie Kitchens once squared off against Tom Brady in college. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, obviously 42 years old. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, a little bit older. But, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're around for, you know, that long. Uh, and he Both doesn't, are younger he, than me. He, he doesn't look, uh, he doesn't look, you know, like he's 42. But, uh, yeah, he's been around forever. It's like the, the people – there are people in the NFL who are have have are younger than Vinatieri's career. Um, yeah, it's just sort of what happened. Um, yeah, and well, I mean, I'm only Chris Webber is basically the same age as Vince Carter, who is still currently playing. Um, actually, the best tweet I saw on that one: Vince Carter, when he first started in the NBA, we were all still paying by the hour for our usage of AOL. So if you want any idea where all that is, um, and Freddie kitchens, uh, obviously about, uh, let's do the math. eight months younger than I am as coach will turn 45 here coming up at the end of November, just kind of ironic. And, you know, you see, you know, look, I mean, when you say football lifers, a lot of people get into this and just, you know, whatever it is and whatever the ride is, it takes you where it is. Just interesting aspect that, you know, these two guys have obviously squared off against each other a long, long time ago. Obviously looking for a positive outcome here for Coach Freddie on Sunday. Uh, Pete, obviously the more and more we get closer and closer. Uh, New England makes another move today. Um, Michael Bennett, they just move on from. Look, I think the thing kind of is if New England's going to suspend you for a game 
you've done enough to piss everybody off, and it's just a matter of time. If we actually suspended you, A, it probably means they didn't need you that much. B, it probably means if we went to the point of suspending you, your ass is out of here. We ain't got time for this. Well, I mean, look, the the Patriots are a organization built on conformity, and if you're not willing to conform, you better be really freaking good. Um, because if you're not, they're going to sort of, you know, help you out the door, as is the case with Josh Gordon uh, and Michael Bennett. And who, you know, Michael Bennett is obviously uh, a very individual person, uh, not afraid to speak his mind and not afraid to sort of go by the beat of his own drum. Um, Josh Gordon, obviously, is a, you know, he is what he is, which is he's never been one to sort of fall in line. Uh, so that's sort of what happens. And obviously he goes to a team that is the opposite and has no concern about, you know, uh, people being themselves uh, in the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know, they need more D-line help anyway. Uh, but and, and maybe he helps them, you know, along with Robert Quinn, who's having a great year for them. Uh, they can use all the help they can get up front uh, because their defense right now is not playing very well. And part of that is because they are built to play with leads. And yep. when, they, when that doesn't happen, it makes it very easy to just sort of run them over because uh, they don't have a ton of size up front. And uh, and their linebackers are not playing as great as, as they were you know alleged to be playing, which is interesting because Joe Schobert is, and I heard all of this about uh, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith are better than he is, and they are not. Uh, but yeah, so they need more help and he may give it to them. I, you know, I still don't think the Cowboys are particularly good, but obviously they're coming off a, a shellacking of the Philadelphia Eagles. So they feel pretty good about where they're at right now. Uh, well, I mean, the thing for Dallas is it, it, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. Um, the Redskins are God awful flaming hot garbage um the giants uh you know i agree with what they're doing um you know i don't know i don't I'm not sure daniel jones is going to be that guy but you might as well get a you know as much of a look as you possibly can the eagles can't seem to kind of get really any solid traction going here right now and there is no nick Foles. so i mean dallas can win that division and, and still not play superb ball it's not going to matter uh, just the way it's going now, it's you know, I've certainly though I'm not going to rule out uh, the Eagles, you know, finding their stride and starting to roll away and pull away from pretty much everybody here in the second half. We got more coming here, tons of listener questions, uh, you know, a little, you know, obviously some New England influences. Um, for those of you that want to start talking draft and theories with that, you know, we're going to slip those in here too. We love doing that, but um, I'm I'm hoping we're not focused on the draft in come December this year. No more, no more of that. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code locked on, no space, all caps to activate the offer. And they will still at this point uh, match your initial deposit up to 100%. So go ahead. Check out mybookie.ag today. Appreciate them for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Pete, we're going to dig into some questions here, which we got some good stuff. Uh, All right, let's go to the first one here. I believe it's lucky. and uh, It's actually funny uh, because, you know, I I make Pete have to come out of his shell a little bit here on social media, which is not normally 
Pete's realm and seeing him get birthday wishes and awkward thank you and getting called 64 years old. Thank you, Brittany, for that, because I like to hear that somebody may be older than me um, from Lucky. With a couple of good linemen coming into the fold slowly, um, my birthday gift to Pete, we got Drew Forbes healthy. Um, so hopefully he'll be on the path to be back for week 10 for Buffalo. Um, Drew Forbes, Teller, how would the approach be draft-wise? Is it still left tackler bust, or do you get a lineman day two and see if you can get someone along the lines of safety, cornerback, perhaps defensive tackle, or take the best offensive tackle falling to you and everything else after that before Pete kills me? I do agree for right now, the way things look, it's going to be left tackle because you just need to address that. If you think you have your guy in Baker, you go find that guy who's Baker's left tackle and hopefully everything works out and Baker's here 12 years or more. The left tackle's here for 10. It's all hunky-dory with the way things may be working out and they won't re-sign Joe Schobert. Isaiah Simmons, Clemson, he's my early, oh my good Lord. Six foot four, 235 pounds, 40 inch vertical, maybe runs a sub four, four. But go ahead, Pete. Well, it's John Dorsey has a very specific set of guys. He takes set of positions. He's taken in round one Um, linebacker ain't on it. Neither is receiver. Neither are a number of other positions. No, I quarterback, of course, quarterback, cornerback, Offensive tackle and defensive line are on there. Uh, from a financial standpoint, from a position of need standpoint, from every possible realm, uh, you know, unless the player simply isn't there, uh, it's offensive tackle. Um, you, you know, it. it you want it, you, it, it. Assuming they do the smart thing and extend Treader, they'll have two premium contracts with him and Betonio. They've got rookie deals for. White Teller and Drew Forbes, and then they'd have a rookie deal, presumably a later first-round pick, you know, unless this thing just completely blows up in their face, uh, that would be a pretty cheap contract, especially if if they get a tackle who can play uh, and play well, then you've got your entire unit for about four or five years, uh, well, three really, but you can. Of course. But anyway, that's, and that's the window of where you're really trying to compete uh, as you're going to have to keep dealing with extensions because you've got players who can play and you want to keep them around. So, yeah, um, look, if if you're trying to tantalize me with, you know, with players that uh, are are not of that one position, you're going to end up a tight end, uh, which I know everybody would love uh, because I want to get a true wide tight end. Uh, with Najoku and because I hate uh, how they've dealt with that position. Uh, so I, I can't, can't stand Demetrius Harris. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, that's more interesting to me is getting a tight end, which could also theoretically help the line and those things. Um, but yeah, it's offensive tackle. And then obviously you're looking at safety. So, I mean, the guy who, if the Browns are continuing to sort of float around the 10 to 15 area in the draft right now, they'd pick 12th, I think. Um, you'd be ta- you'd be you'd have fun uh, getting me to like Grant Delpit because Grant Delpit is a freaking stud uh, <laughs> at safety, uh, and you're going to need multiple safeties, so that's at least intriguing. But no, I, I want offensive tackle. It looks to be a great class for offensive tackle. 
there are a number of them I'm already a fan of. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's, that is what Dorsey does in the first round. Yeah, and look, I mean, it, it's, it, it's logical as far as what John Dorsey looks at draft-wise and what the draft may give you. It's logical to get it done for Baker. It, it makes the most sense. Um, look, you know, obviously a million things can change. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, if you wanted to say, you know, all signs are pointing here right now, that would be where all signs are all signs are pointing there. Uh, Giovanni Ruiz, Pete. Um, it, it does seem weird that every trade proposal coming up right now, and especially with Washington and Trent Williams, and it, look, this came out before the you know the game kicked off tonight. Washington's expecting him to show up for Week Ten. Um, he'll get his six games in, accrue his year. You know whether they play him or not, they're not doing anybody favors unless you're giving up the farm. And, you know, whatever. I mean, this will all be resolved. It's Thursday night nap. This will be resolved in about 96 hours come 4 o'clock Tuesday. Because there's nothing they can do then. So, and who knows. But why is it, Pete, that it seems like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot is involving David Njoku? Is it maybe perhaps, possibly perhaps because we've heard, you know, I would really like him to work on his blocking. We haven't gotten to see any evidence of that. But it seems weird with David Njoku, who is still, I mean, David Njoku is probably younger than half the rookie tight ends in the NFL right now, which nobody understands. Normally, tight end is an older position. It just seems to trend that way. Um, But uh, moving on from David Njoku, look, even if he's not going to be here after year five, be that as it may, there's no reason to move on from him now. I mean, he's not really even making any real money. Uh, I think it all began with a made-up, Trade rumor. I, I, I honestly think that it was as simple as that, uh, that somebody included him in a, in a trade that, you know, is idiotic involving the Redskins and Trent Williams, and they threw Njoku in there. And I've gotten people trying to tell me that somehow giving up Njoku to get freaking uh, Terry McLaurin would be a good move, despite the fact that Terry McLaurin came into the league super old. And Njoku Terry McLaurin is older than David Njoku, for God's sakes. Yeah, by far, like not even close. So, and I, I, I don't know anything beyond that, beyond made up trades that just never made any sense. Um, I, I would be stunned if you got rid of a guy like David Njoku just because of what he does. Clearly, you look no further than the red zone this year versus last year, uh, and the efficiency is off the charts last year compared to this year, and a lot of that was because the Joker was able to do so many things. Uh, he was the easy goal line fade guy, you know, just putting him outside forces uh, defenses to play differently. It just creates a lot of advantage. Obviously he can play in the middle uh, and, you know, some of the botched uh, possessions in the red zone have been going to tight ends. Uh, even if they weren't supposed to, that would be David Njoku as opposed to Demetrius Harris and those type of things. So, um, tight end is an extraordinarily valuable position. Obviously, uh, John Dorsey knows that because he drafted Travis Kelsey and you've seen what that had to, has done for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, I think it's entirely invented and people have sort of like, well, you know, or, or just it sort of got just put in their mind that he's out there and they could theoretically do something with him. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a name, but it, it just seems so weird to float out an injured guy or whatever. And, you know, and look, I mean, Washington, you know, who knows exactly what, if they don't know who they want to move on from, who knows exactly what the hell they actually want to acquire. 
And look, I understand it's the Trent Williams and, you know, he, you know, him and being at odds with the organization down there. But it's, I mean, I have no idea how you're supposed to essentially handle this because you're dealing with a franchise that has no idea what the hell they're doing in the Washington Redskins. Um, you've, it seems like you've got an owner who's the puppeteer, essentially. And, you know, and you heard LeVar Arrington talk, unless you were one of the top two or three players on the team, you didn't even address your boss because he didn't want to speak to you. It's just an absolute, you know, epic, just crap show what's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, you put him with the Houston Astros and put him with a couple of organizations. And, you know, look, uh, you know, it's maybe almost to the point where leagues need to step in and say, look, this just ain't working, and you're taking you are singularly one of thirty, one of thirty-two, whatever, are singularly making our whole league not look good. It's something to look, you know. Uh, I'm not going to give the name here on this one because um, the account. This actually came in through DMs, but this account is his account is mostly business, so I don't want to put his name out there. But uh, I do appreciate it for this one. Uh, do you think with Miles Garrett's name popping up on the injury report today. And guys, look, I, I'm not sure there's anything to take from this. It could have just been, hey, you know, whatever, you know, miss a drill, miss, uh, you know, something. But something comes of it, you got to answer for it later, and you got to be honest with your injury report. That's the way it works. So with Miles currently and showing up on the injury report, do we maybe finally get to see Gennard Avery activated? And Pete, can we might maybe finally get to see the NASCAR and maybe where – you can trust Jannard Avery a little bit more than you can trust a Chad Thomas, a Chris Smith. And you get back to what should have been this three-man rotation because it's still it's just annoying at this point that Jannard Avery just sits there on ice week I mean week in, week out. Uh yeah, Freddie Kitchens addressed Miles Garrett, said there was a flare-up of something he's been dealing with. Uh so he, he says he expects him to be fine. Um, I'm hoping that Gennard Avery, whatever uh, weight he put on that sort of slowed him down, he's managed to either lose some of it or equalize or sort of acclimate, whatever. So he's, you know, where he should be uh, coming out of the bye week. And, yeah, I I would hope uh, he could play because there are definitely players that are active on game days that are worse than Gennard Avery that don't even play defensive line. But certainly uh, Chris Smith and, and, and Chad Thomas do nothing for me. Uh, but while Jannard Avery was, was a playmaker last year, so it'd be nice. Um, I, I, I have no idea what to expect. I, that, that is, I'm just on hope at this point that uh, they're ready to sort of get him going because he can contribute and he can uh, generate a pass rush, and they are playing a team that doesn't run the ball particularly well, and, and, and uh, Tom Brady may not be inclined to take sacks, but pressure will get him to get rid of the ball even if it's just into the ground, uh, which obviously we get the ball the ball back to the Browns offense, which is what you want to have happen. Uh, the most frustrating part about this is, you know, with Jannard Avery, you know, and everything we know about the kid is you, you got the attitude of he will, you know, if he doesn't get it done, he's going to die trying to get it done. And I don't know. I, I mean, for me, it just sends a wrong message for what you're trying to develop. And especially in guys that you drafted day three, and when they start to find a little bit of success, and now all of a sudden it's this whole nonsense, um, you're not gonna, you're never gonna convince me, ever, that Chris Smith or Chad Thomas and everything with Chris Smith, God bless the guy, I can't imagine what his life is right now. But this is about winning games, and 
you're not going to tell me or sell me on the fact that Jannard Avery is not a more impactful player than Chris Smith or Chad Thomas. It's just not going to happen. It looks just freaking plain stupid to this point. And for Wilkes to even talk the way he was talking, which basically was saying, it's not my call, is essentially what Wilkes said today. It's not my call. Oh, maybe you should all contact the league and we dress all 53. Yeah, I'd love to dress all 53. But it's somebody's call. But, uh, you know, Steve Wilkes is in no position to name names, so to speak. Um, this one would be here. Uh, I can't get your app, but Rich Homie Don. Um, is a trade for Jake Matthews possible? Uh, he just got extended, Pete. Um, and you look at what's going wrong in Atlanta. Jake Matthews ain't the problem. And, and they're not moving on from Matt Ryan anytime soon. So I, I don't see how it's <laughs> that one's possible at all. It's possible insofar that it, it can theoretically happen. Uh, but no, they're their whole thing has been trying to get their offensive line righted. Uh, that's why they used two first-round picks on offensive linemen in the, in the past draft, uh, and they did not take uh, either to play left tackle. Uh, Jake Matthews was the one guy uh, that coming out of last year into this year, they said, you know, it's J- Jake Matthews and four guys to basically be figured out. Um, they're not financially hurting where they need to move him. They are not in a position where it makes sense to move him because of his age or anything like that. Uh, you know, he would cost more than probably as much, if not, you know, some, probably probably in the same range as Laramie Tunsil did. Um, so, no, it's utterly insane to think that's a reasonable uh, trade for, for the Falcons to make. And, uh, like, what are they – Here's the thing. Like, let's say the 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 Falcons trade Jake Matthews for, to the Browns for two first round picks. What are they then doing with those first round picks, other than trying to find a left tackle? So exactly. Unless they have to, there's no reason they should, and there's no. They, they, to my knowledge, they have no no impetus to suggest they have to. No, and you know, and look, yeah, you may say, oh wow, the allure of two first round picks, but yes, one of them is automatically going to be distinguished towards a left tackle and. But it's it, look. You, would you love to do it? Sure. Um, the price probably not because you can just take your first round pick most likely, and go get yourself a left tackle. Uh, a little bit more to get to here, but uh, as obviously we always got things here to do. Erectile dysfunction used to be taught, used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to contact with a doctor and take care of it. Just get to roman.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get a free estimate, uh, to get a free uh, prescription sent to you. Uh, obviously, go to roman.com promo, uh, slash locked. Um, the swipes, uh, quicks, gives you a longer experience. Um, that way, if it's something where you're not holding up your end, you can more than hold up your end, and obviously... Thanks to Roman for the sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Uh, guys, you know the drill. MyBookie.ag, they've been with us for years over here at Locked on. Uh, when the weekend comes, um, get some time, whether you're alone or it's a rainy, crappy Saturday and you're trapped in or it's a rainy, crappy Sunday and maybe you want to have a little action on multiple games, parlays, um, great to do with college football, great to do on Sundays where you can pick one game at the 1 o'clock slate. One game at the four o'clock slate. Pick the Sunday night game, or hold off and hold. You know, wait for the Monday night game. 
whether you like fantasy player, whether you like to bet on over-unders of fantasy players, go to mybookie.ag. Um, they will um, still match your initial deposit up to 100% when you use the promo code locked on, all caps, no space. It's always nice to have a little action if you ain't got nothing else going on. And look, with Sunday nights and with Monday nights, Thursday nights, uh, with the popularity of fantasy football the way it is now in America, uh, you got guys playing in those games. Why not double up or essentially you know, cover your ass by going the other way with the over-unders? A whole bunch of stuff you can do. MyBookie.ag. Use the on. As we roll on through here, Pete, lots more to get to, obviously, from these guys. And I appreciate you guys all for the uh, questions. Obviously, you know, it's it's been weird, you know, because the way the schedules of the shows we've gotten so accustomed for years over Browns on Sunday or Browns at 1, Browns at 4. So, uh, you know, the, the change in the schedule this year has been a, obviously a little bit different, and it, uh, it's a pain in the butt. Um, a lot of people with David Njoko. He's available November 24th. That would be the first week from everything I know. He's the next one slated to get the designated return tag, which I'm guessing Pete would probably be in about 10 days or so, if you're judging up by the timeline from Drew Forbes. Uh, Giovanni Raviz, why does our local Browns media like to stir the pot? Why can't they just keep it about football? Go ahead, Pete. This one's teed up. Well, I mean, I guess you you cover what you know. Um, I, I, I don't – I don't know. I mean, there's not really a good answer uh, for – because it, there's not – one answer that covers everybody is just certain people do what they do. And um, you can, you know, that's up to the consumer to decide what they think is good coverage as opposed to, you know, salacious coverage and, and what people uh, are interested in uh, on some level. Uh, clearly that works uh, because it's in business and continues to be. So until that changes, uh, there's obviously a market for that type of stuff. Um doesn't really interest me, so I don't really pay attention to it. Uh, you know, most of it's largely just, you know, comes with a groan or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I can, all I can tell you is it, it, it bothers players. They don't like dealing with it. They're sort of um, walking on eggshells around that type of thing. And uh, it makes it more difficult for any, for other people to sort of do their jobs in that respect. Negativity sells, um, and hate clicks, um, they pay just as well as positive clicks. So stirring the pot, especially when you can't go deeper in depth on the actual game itself or the players itself, or you don't have a good enough relationship where the players are opening up to you and you can give out a well-written piece about, you know, Chris Smith and everything he's going through. And this is also part of the issue is because when you do things negatively as a beat writer, you kind of, you may be in the locker room, but you're only essentially there. I can tell you right now, I've spoken with players. I've spoken with players, families. They literally have beat writers for the Cleveland Browns 
blocked from their social media accounts because that's how bad it is. I can tell you this. This is true. This is a fact. And that's how bad it is viewed from some of these players and from some of the, the families of these players. It, it is that bad. It, it's, it sucks. And it, 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 until this team is – the record is and obviously reversed in the right direction and there's playoff games and maybe people start shaking some trees or people start improving their efforts on the beat, I don't see it changing anytime soon, and it does suck because, I mean, you see some of these other people who cover some other teams and, and national writers, and they're fantastic. They really are. Um, you know, Kim Jones, uh, Kim Jones, who covers the, the Giants, she she was the only one that could get, like, real stuff from Odell Beckham Jr. Everybody else covering the New York Giants had an axe to grind, was out for themselves, and, you know, basically went on the, I'm going to bash Odell here. Because more people will read that than read the fact that, oh, oh my God, he's a really good player. It's it, it's terrible, and you know, and a lot of it has to come down to hire these people. But it's not going to be the case because you know they're going to pay you on reads, they're going to pay you on downloads, they're going to pay you on clicks, all that freaking nonsense and garbage. It's just kind of where we are here right now. Um, Marcello, not to get too far into the future. But what does an ideal 2020 team look like from a talent and salary cap standpoint, especially how can we maximize our potential? Pete, I don't think this is that difficult. I mean, on defense, there's going to be one to two changes. I guess you would maybe label them significant. Offensively, it could maybe only come down to essentially one but, you know, again, you know, injuries and so much else happens in player decline or a player steps up. Always, every roster's always got their, I wish we were a little bit better here. But we know what the key components are based on what we assume John Dorsey is going to do as far as who's getting paid, who's not going to get paid. It's pretty easy to figure out what's you know needs to be done for 2020. Uh, right. So, I mean, I, a lot of it is simply blocking and tackling better. I mean, on the, you know, that it, it doesn't get any simpler than, for the game of football than that. Um, they obviously have to continue to develop a good offensive line for the foreseeable future. Uh, they're, they're doing it. If they trust what they, what I, you know, what I believe they were coming in to do this year, they have it going in the right direction because you don't want to get a bunch of old guys. Uh, and they, their oldest guy was, you know, Treader and Batonio, and Treader's, you know, 29. Uh, and they, they've got a bunch of obviously young guys in, in Forbes and Teller, and presumably, you know, a, a pick in next year's draft. Uh, that's exactly. The and Lamb will be here, and Cush will be here if you want him. I mean, it, it, you you really only need that. that... <clears throat> uh, the problem they're going to have is they have to make decisions on the receivers, not named Jarvis Landry. Um, Richard Higgins is going to be a free agent. You can't trust Antonio Callaway. Jarvis nope. Landry's contract is cer- he's certainly playing, you know, arguably his best in his career. Um, so that's going to be, you know, an interesting case thing. But if you, you, you well, and the you other thing is, is you're going to ask Jarvis to maybe redo his deal when he's coming off one of his better years and with his buddy here making a boatload of money, it's going to make for a tough situation. 
So, you know, presumably the way things are going, Richard Higgins will be gone. Uh, Antonio Callaway, you just treat him like he's not here. Um, so they're going to have to get another receiver. Uh, they may like some of the options they have, that's, but that could be another area where they get a splash. They need a true wide tight end to go with Njoku because the, the option they have there is terrible. I think Ricky Seals-Jones is a nice third tight end. Um, and other than that, I mean, offense is basically good. Uh, defensively, it's far more complicated. Uh, they have to find another linebacker to go with Schobert, even if they like Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki. You know, right now it ain't there, and they're going to have to keep adding, and that doesn't mean necessarily it has to be early. It's, it's just one of those things you keep adding because it's a position that you can get very fortunate uh, picking guys late in the draft or undrafted, as the case may be. Uh, I'm here if you need me on that. Uh, the <laughs> other part, the part where they get complicated is going to be DB. Um, you know, after this season, Larry Ogunjobi will be in the final year of his contract. I'm hoping they will work to, you know, obviously extend him. Uh, but you have no safeties. Uh, they will have one guy under contract in the next year. That's Sheldrick Redwine. Um, it's unclear if he's even an NFL player. I'd like to keep Eric Murray. You know, he's, he's an interesting player. But other than that, I, I would be happy to see all of them gone. Um, maybe Justin Burris. If, if, you, if the price is right, but you have to get multiple safeties and you have to make a decision on TJ Carey and his pretty sizable cap figure coming into the season. And he sort of does a lot of little things that are like a safety as well as a slot corner, but he makes way too much money. And if you ultimately move on from him, as you theoretically would, uh, you're going to have to address that. So at that point, you're basically saying the entire middle of the defense, other than Schobert, who should be resigned, and your defensive lineman. It's they're in a tough spot. Uh, defensively, they're in a tough spot because you know obviously you need to keep Joe. It doesn't seem like it's trending that way. Um, and you know, oh, we drafted two linebackers, and for those of the the the, the Joe Schobert naysayers. Oh, you drafted Sione Taki Taki. You drafted Mac Wilson. Where's that gotten to this point? It, 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 there's no evidence that you know there's a life at the linebacker position after Joe Schobert. There is zero evidence of that right now. So it, it just makes that spot tougher. Obviously, cornerback, you should be able to what okay if you only got to bring in a nickel guy. Um, obviously, Tavi uh, or Thomas has never gotten a, you know a shot there. They like him as a special teamer, but then there's Jackson. Could either one of those guys maneuver into a little bit more than just a plus special teamer role? You know, like you said, obviously, you know, at safety, it is Sheldrick Redwine, who for this at this point of his rookie year is it, it 100% incomplete. We've barely seen him. You have no idea what he's going to bring you. The defensive side is going to be the issue. Offense is pretty plain and simple. It's left tackle. And figure that part out, but it's defense tough. And you know, right now with the seven picks, and it should turn out where you have four in the top ninety. I mean, four picks in the top ninety-six, which is fantastic. But it's you know, there's still it, it's it's going to be a haul. You know, what you can do free agency, how much money you've got to give out, who's got to get resigned while still holding back cap because Miles is coming and then eventually Baker's coming and there's fifth year options and heavy freaking fifth year options it's it's a lot of people. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that, but that's what you wanted. You wanted to have yes. great players, and great players have to be resigned, and you have to do the salary cap appropriately. And if you don't, you're going to end up in trouble. And that is sort of the pressure here on why you can't do dumb trades, theoretically, uh, for an overpriced offensive tackle that's not actually going to help you as an example. But that's why those things matter, uh, and you have to take care of those things. So when people laugh and say, well, they're in great salary cap shape, they're okay, uh, and it can go away real, real fast, and suddenly you're in a situation like Kansas City was where they're cleaning up a John Dorsey-made mess and still dealing with it now uh, as even, you know, they're, they're a good team, but that they're not as good as they should be in part because they had to do so much to sort of fix what he left them. So that is, for all the good things he's doing, you have to be careful that he doesn't do, do that. Yeah, I mean, they, they may have to move on from Chris Jones, who was you know a great player in the interior. They just might not be able to work it. And it's you know you've got to be able to do both. You know, it's it's the, it, there's no question about how difficult it is, but you got to find a way, and you got to have the right people around you, and you got to balance this and balance that. And well, how much do you love him? And it's a million different things. Uh, we're about to put a bow on this one here. Again, happy birthday to the guy, Pete Smith. Pete, wish you guys and uh, obviously everybody over at Street Sparrow. Best of luck tomorrow night as the voice. Uh, I'm not even going to say the number here. I don't want to feel like I'm jinxing it here. Continue with the success I've had to this point. Everything at Browns Maven on Twitter. Uh, obviously, Browns Maven, SI.com. You click on Cleveland Browns. You get to, uh, you know, Pete and the work over there that day. You know, him and, you know, his partner. And now they're putting out some work over there. Uh, you know, he's brought in some assistance, which is fantastic. So check everything out over there. Show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always follow back account. DMs open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Like I got one today about Pete's birthday. Um, but of course, for you guys, as much as you're all trying to put out here for the show, and I do do truly appreciate that. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>